All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back for another Boca Podcast episode. I hope you've had a good week this week. It is. It happens to be Friday for anybody who's live streaming with us. And um, I hope you've got a good weekend planned. I know we're getting into wedding season, so you wedding photographers getting out there and shooting. I hope that goes smoothly. And for those of you that are going to be taking a break, enjoy that as well. Um, here, as we are finishing this week off, we're, we're going to get into a really interesting conversation about managing our finances as business owners. I know some of you are already cringing, but it's okay. Uh, Braden Drake is here with us. I'm going to introduce him here in just a second, and he's going to make it easy for you. Before we do that, just a couple of housekeeping notes. For those of you that are live streaming, don't hesitate to jump into the conversation. You can comment, ask questions, engage with our guests as part of the benefit of this live stream. If you're at youtube.com slash Boca Podcast or facebook.com slash Boca Podcast, join in the fun, join the conversation. And then for those of you that are not live streaming, you're hearing the audio version of this after the fact, we do live stream every single one of our Boca Podcast episodes. So make sure to come join us. If you follow us at Boca Podcast on Instagram, um, you can keep up to date with the upcoming live streams. We, of course, announce those there. And then just last note before I bring Braden into the conversation, as I promised you all I would do before every episode, I made a donation to Charity Water. You can see the, the little receipt up there on screen for accountability. But I, again, I just do this to remind and encourage everybody to look for opportunities to give back. It's amazing how just a little bit of money can go a long way. And whether you're giving to your local community or looking for a national, international organization to work with, take advantage of the opportunities to, to give a little bit of money, make a difference in somebody's life. And that'll go a long way at the end of the day. All right. Enough of the introduction and the monologue. I want to introduce our not a brand new guest, actually returning guest. Braden Drake is on the line with me. Braden, thank you for making time to come back and hang out with me. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here again. A again, I know absolutely. And and <laughs> you are a, some of the the rare few, or one of the rare few, I should say, uh, return guests. So thanks for making that happen for us. And we, as I alluded to at the very beginning, we're going to be getting into a conversation about cash flow management here in just a little bit. Um, before we do that, just want to remind our listeners, if you missed the first episode with Braden, you can go back to episode 524, and uh, we'll link to that in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. Before we get into the conversation, Braden, for those of the listeners and viewers who don't know you, give a little bit of context. What do you actually do? What's your profession? What's your resume? Sure. So I have kind of a roundabout trajectory to what it is that I do, but by background and education, I am a small business attorney licensed in California. I also have a master's degree in tax law, so that makes me a small business and tax attorney, but I now do a lot of uh, consulting and education. I have a podcast myself, a book, which we're going to talk about, and I really talk about all things uh, like law, tax, and finance, so all of the back-end stuff for small businesses. Well, I know we're going to talk a little bit about your your book, as you mentioned, your and your course as well. I kind of want to bring that up because I had the opportunity. You sent me a, a bit of it. And honestly, I was blown <laughs> away. I was just talking to my, my girlfriend about this yesterday. I, I'm looking through this content. I'm like, oh, my goodness. You know, it's I guess in this day and age, especially in the photography industry, everybody and their brother and sister is doing a course. And yeah. there's a kind of a question mark for me. Anyway, there's automatic question mark, kind of red flag. Like, is this legit content? But I, I mean, you only sent me like one section of the course and I think it was like 60 pages long or something like that. The amount of detail uh -huh, that uh -huh. you get into is incredible. Number one, number two, it, it's as much detail as there is. It's easy to follow. Like the way that you lay out the information is, is really easy to follow. So you didn't ask for me to give you that props, but I, I had to give it to you because I was genuinely impressed. So uh, a little shout yeah, out I, there. I, 
I appreciate it. You got you got module four of ten, so you got module four of ten of my program, um, and it was the cash it was the cash flow uh, module, which is why I sent it over because that's what we're going to talk about today. Exactly. Yeah. Well, again, I just was I was super impressed by it. So we'll we'll come back to that because I want our listeners to get more information about how they can access that course and, and of course your book as well. Um, but let's go ahead and get into the conversation at hand. And again, for those of you that missed episode five twenty four, some of the introductory questions I normally ask our guests, you can go back and hear those on that episode, but you do have a, a, a book coming out. You alluded to this just a second ago that, and, and, yes. and uh, the title is awesome. Um, but it, it, this, the subtext of it is to help entrepreneurs get their tax and legal shit straight. Uh, and, and I love the, um, I guess just the straightforward nature of, of that copy and the subtext. Talk a little bit about the book and this project and where it came from. Sure. So this is actually going to be the second edition of the book. I released the first edition in, I believe it was October 2020, so not quite two years ago. As we know, a lot in the industry has changed since then. And I think anytime you write a book, there's going to be some things that you want to change. And I'm a big believer in like done is better than perfect. Of course, I hired an editor. We went all out for the first edition, but I knew there were going to be some updates that I wanted to make. So we've made those updates. I currently have the book with my typesetter right now with my graphic designer. She's getting it all squared away. Um, so we will have it officially ready in a few weeks, but available for pre-order now. Um, and I have, this is actually the proof of the first edition. This isn't even the first edition we ended up selling, but um, I sold my, like I sold my one copy to a friend of mine <laughs> like a couple weeks ago. I think I gave it away, but okay. uh, yeah, I got to order some more. Well, and you, you mentioned your designer and working on typeset. I, I actually like the design. I'm just going to pull this up on your um on your website here, the the first edition, it's unfuck your your biz or business, and but it, just the big bold font, like it captures your attention. It takes you there, like oh my goodness, I, I'm really curious now. Step by step framework to get your legal and tax shit legit, and um, of course the the second edition is coming out. Um, but what what was the I guess the original motivation behind creating a book like this, and and I guess the communication style to go along with it. Yeah. So, I mean, my communication style has kind of developed over the few years that I've been in business. It's been like a progression of just really becoming more and more myself in my business. I think when I started uh, going through law school, they kind of like scare you into, you know, fitting this certain type of mold, right? Like we yeah. we had a particular class that was like our, um, it, it was like a, like a mock law firm class and we had to wear a suit to class every day. And we had a call like our adjunct professor, like our managing attorney. So it's it's almost like this role play class, right? And you get <laughs> used to like, this is what work life is going to be. And it took me some time to unlearn that and realize I didn't have to do that yep. and really speak the language that I like to speak, which is what I think resonates with my uh, students, clients and so forth. Yeah. Well, if, I mean, imagine like a different version of your book. If you had like a suit and tie on and was using all this formal language, yeah. people would immediately ignore it. Right. I mean, well, there are, it yeah. Down. And there are a lot of those books on, on Amazon already. People oh, I'm sure. Go buy them. <laughs> well, and, and I, I know yeah. we didn't plan on getting this, but this just very briefly, we, we should touch on this because we talk a lot about a brand position on our podcast. And of course, one of the ideas behind brand position is positioning our business or our brand against the existing marketplace, standing out in contrast, ideally, to the marketplace. Yeah. So you make an interesting point there, which is there are all these other books that essentially look the same, say the same kind of stuff on Amazon. And all you have to do is a quick search and you'll see that. 
you took a whole different approach and certainly with, even just with the design, the cover design, it stands out, but then the language being used and the way that you present it to your point in a way that would resonate with the everyday person uh, is, is yeah. huge. That makes all the difference in the world. And I think it's a good reminder for all our listeners and viewers that don't, it, it's easy to copy paste. A lot of photographers do that, but make the effort, go the additional extra mile or five to, to stand out, to do something that's a little bit different and it'll capture the potential client's uh, interest and certainly attention more effectively. So that's, it's a great reminder and I appreciate you bringing that to us. But let's just d jump right into it. You mentioned cash flow, which is what we're talking about today. We're gonna try to simplify this this conversation for, uh, for the listeners. Just to get us started on a super basic level, how do you define cash flow? Yeah, so essentially I define cash flow as the process of what happens to your money like once your client pays it to you, right? So the life cycle of your dollar bills in your business usually starts with a client meeting, a proposal, hopefully acceptance, and then an invoice, and then you get paid, and then the money hits your bank account, right? And a lot of people talk about that aspect, but not a lot of people talk about what happens after that. Uh, and I started calling this, and I write about it in the book, I call it the client to piggy bank pipeline. And your piggy bank is the savings for, uh, your next house, it's your retirement savings, it's the savings to take your kids to Disney World, whatever goal it is that you have in your personal life above and beyond your bills, your debts, those kind of things. That's like your piggy bank. And the cash flow is everything that happens in between. And that includes sending out money to the IRS, uh, hiring other professionals to work in your business, and really making sure that everything's done correctly in there. So there's still some money left at the end. And I also like to think about it as like a pipeline. Mm. So if you have some cash flow issues, we it's it's kind of like a, a leaky pipeline that, that we gotta we gotta fix. Well, so I'm curious to get your take on this, especially with all your experience. What do you think? First of all, I love the way you break it down. It's super easy to understand, uh, which again is a great reflection on your brand and and <laughs> your intentions behind this. But I I was just naive to this idea of cash flow and man, and frankly just managing my finances in general. Um, for so long in business. I, I grew up in a family that didn't have a lot of money. And it wasn't that we didn't talk at all about money, but it was relatively simplistic conversation. And I certainly had no context going into business what it meant to manage money at that point. And so, you know, I go from this place where we didn't have a lot and now I'm getting checks for three, five, seven thousand dollars and and i'm just you know my eyes are big and i'm excited about this money and all i'm thinking about is i just made a ton of money, quote unquote. And I put that in the bank, but to your point, I wasn't thinking about what was happening after that. And ultimately yeah. I put myself in a terrible spot. I, I got, I was in I had six figure debt to the IRS at one point. And fortunately at this point that that's been addressed, but I say that just as a reminder to everybody listening and hopefully to be able to relate to a lot of our listeners and viewers that it's, it's not the norm, I think for photography business owners to have even the basic understanding of cash flow management, financial management. Why do you think that is? Well, first of all, it's just lack of education, right? So I think, you know, I probably got like one or two personal finance lectures in high school. We get like the guest expert and their job is to come and scare us and tell us to start saving for our retirement like when we're 18. Right. Uh, I got like one of those in college. But then even that is like still, it's all focused on the personal side, right? So unless you took some business courses in college, you probably wouldn't get exposure to this. And even still... Cash flow is not really something they talk about in a small business context. If you take a finance course in college, they're going to talk to you about corporate finance, which is like not even really relevant to what we do. So it's a ed lacking in education, right? The second 
second thing is, is no one really talks about money. This is why I started doing profit reports on my podcast, just to like open up a dialogue. So that's number two. And then I think the third thing is we, a lot of us have the like all do it tomorrow syndrome when it comes to this. And it's always like, I'll worry about this when I'm making X amount of dollars and yep. that dollar number continues to shift yep. until we realize like, oh, wow, we do our tax return and we realized well, wow, I brought in $70,000 last year, but like, why don't I feel like I have any money left to really pay myself? Yeah. Oh, it, it's so true. But that tendency to put things off, I mean, I'm certainly guilty of it. And ultimately it bit me in the ass, right? I mean, that, and I know that maybe some photographers can't relate to the extent of the debt that I ultimately incurred um, at, at a certain point in my business, but I'm sure plenty of photographers can relate to the, first of all, the, the fear, the apprehension associated with finances. It's just like, oh, I'm just trying to make as much money as I can, you know, put it in the bank. And then there's this almost like sticking our head in the sand, the ignorance out of fear or otherwise laziness um, and not actually proactively addressing this thing called financial management and also ultimately cash flow management. So I'm glad that we can bring some attention to it because it's much needed, certainly in our industry. Most photographers, I think, get into business being the so-called artist types, or they just they love the idea of being in business for themselves, but they don't understand all the, the moving parts. I certainly didn't. Um, so I'm glad that we're bringing some attention to it. You, you talk about cash flow management in different stages or different levels um, in your course, and I think maybe even in your book as well. But let's just talk about that first stage today. And you mentioned a few different steps um, associated with this first this first stage, if you will. First step is setting aside a designated percentage for taxes, which is what we were just talking about and something I uh -huh. certainly um, obviously was having major issues not doing. Um, it, talk to me a little bit about what this this looks like. And I know it's a it's a massive topic at the end of the day. We have an, you know, an hour conversation here. But what's the simplest yeah. way for photographers to approach this to help minimize the, the I guess the stress associated with it? Yeah, so the to put it in the simplest terms, at least, it's determining what percentage of your business income needs to be set aside for taxes. And the, the more complicated part is that percentage is uh, affected by a lot of other outside factors. Like if you're married, how much does your spouse make? Uh, if you have another job, how much does that bring in? If you have an inheritance, every source of income that you have that goes on your tax return is going to increase your tax bracket and therefore your tax percentage. So I teach people to look at all of that and then you determine a percentage and then you save the percentage and you pay the quarterly tax. And I also have some strategies on like the best way to save it as well. We use some automations, which is really fun. Okay. So, I mean, it's just on a super practical level or again, a simple level if a photographer is, well, first of all, they do need to make that determination with the help of their accountant, yeah. what percentage they need to be setting aside and then just simply do it. And I know this is a super basic conversation, especially for you and all your experience, but for the sake of all of us basic people, do you, would you say the best thing to do is to immediately take that percentage out when you get any check or any bit of money immediately set that aside in a separate account? Is that just the best approach? Yeah, so what I actually teach is I use, it's a it's actually a phone app. It's called Capital, Q-A-P-I-T-A-L. I used okay. to call it Quapital all the time, but I guess <laughs> they pronounce it Capital, whatever. Okay. Um, 
And it's really meant to help you like save for a rainy day or like, you know, whatever your savings goals are. But I have um, my students and my readers download the app and we link it to the business bank account. And you're going to set up something called that they call the freelance rule, which allows you to save a certain percent of all deposits in your bank account. So if you go through your tax calculation and whether you determine that your tax, I call it your tax percentage is 5% or 30%. We'll say 15, for example, you're going to tell capital, I want you to automatically save 15% of every deposit. It gets auto saved. And then every quarter you go and pay the balance straight from capital to the IRS. Um, so that's the easiest way to do it. Uh, some people just do those uh, transfers like manually on a daily or, or weekly basis. That is really cool. And and like here we are in 20, what is it? 2022, I guess now. It's like the technology that we have access to that that simplifies this type of thing for us is so great. I, I still remember. So I started in business back in 2001. Um, and the version of QuickBooks that we ended up using around that time where, you know, we were still having wow. to like burn data to a disk and take it to our accountant to, to get the, the work done on it. Um, and, and the software itself is super convoluted and complicated for, again, somebody like myself who didn't have any context to that world. I know that just even QuickBooks now, the way that they've streamlined the streamlined user experience and simplified it for the average individual is incredible. Now we have an app like this, and I pulled it up on screen for anybody uh, who's not live streaming with us. You can you can see it up on uh, here on screen if you go to qapital.com. Um, and, and they've got a little tagline at their top that says, feel happy about money. Capital is a more winning app designed to let you save, invest, and spend with any goal in mind. Um, this is really cool, actually. And I'm going to personally look into this app. But I love that we have access to tools like this that simplify this process for us. And uh, again, very much playing to, to your brand and your intentions behind this. I think it's really great. So that first step is to set aside money uh, or a percentage of our income uh, intentionally and proactively, of course, for taxes. And then the second step of the stage is determining profit margin. And yes. uh, I, I, a friend of mine, actually, Bobby Brinkman, who I just had on one of my other podcasts, she, she said something the other day that I thought was poignant. Again, very simple. Revenue is not profit. And <laughs> that may seem obvious to a lot of people, but again, much like myself as a photographer, I'm getting these multi-thousand dollar checks. I'm just so excited because it's big money, but I'm not actually thinking about the bigger picture and how much I actually get to keep at the end of the day. How do photographers best go about calculating this like, this profit margin in the money that they're making? Yeah, so very simply put, the pro your profit margin is your percentage of revenue that represents profit. So you have to determine your expenses, right? So you can do that by looking at your bank statements for the month. And if you, you know, find that you have $10,000 in revenue, $3,000 in expenses, then your expense percentage would be 30%. The opposite of that is your profit percentage, which is 70%. And that's your profit margin. That's like kind of the broad picture. Sure. You know, we could get into a whole conversation on like marginal profits, which is something I love to talk about. Uh, we can get like real nerdy with it. But with when it comes to so so from a photographer's standpoint or their perspective and in in really any creative business, they're looking at expenses first. And, you know, to, to my earlier point, using a tool like QuickBooks enables us to be able to very simply, very quickly track any ex existing expenses associated with running our business. We can yeah. look at a P&L and we can see what the expenses were for the month or what they were for the year, for the quarter, whatever the case may be, and, and then see that 
leftover money, the so-called profit margin that we've got. But should photographers also be considering um, taxes, for example, in that equation? I do not uh, because taxes are paid taxes are paid personally unless you have a corporation, not an S corporation, a C corporation, unless you have a corporation, taxes are paid personally. So that comes out of your, uh, like your payment to yourself. So we have profit and then we have taxes. And then what's left over is what I would call take home pay. Okay, cool. Thanks for breaking that down. Now, as far as profit margin, like a, a goal profit margin percentage, let's say, is there, do you know of an industry standard in the photography industry specifically? Not really within the photography industry. Um, for general, like general service providers without a lot of team members, like without employees, typical target is about 70% profit margin. And that assumes that you're not running a lot of ads. Okay. That also assumes that you're not paying a lot of people. Um, I would say like associates and contractors are okay because then you just want to account for that when you're invoicing your clients. That's a pretty, but that's a pretty rough figure. Now, some people might say, Hey, if I can work half the amount of hours and take 20% less profit, that's like the business I want to have. Other people I've actually worked with a lot of photographers. I shouldn't say a lot, but a handful sure. who operate at like 90% profit, but then they're working 70 hours a week. And I'm like, all right, let's, it might be worth outsourcing some things at this yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. I, again, the awareness factor, though, I, is is not. I don't think it's commonplace for for most photographers. I'm sure there, are, you know, there are yeah. the obvious exceptions, and certainly people that would work like somebody or work with somebody like yourself. But that awareness of the numbers, it's such a. Um, it just makes such a difference in enabling us to, to further build a business if we know what's actually going on. If all we ever think about is I got a check, I put it in the bank, I had to pay for a couple of things here and there, and oh shoot, now taxes are due. We may be able to scrape by, but we're not going to be able to develop and ultimately build a business with um, that kind of awareness that, that looking at a P&L, for example, brings. Yeah where we can proactively build a business, where we can see where we're losing money, where we're making the most money, make adjustments to that. I, I just think this conversation, if nothing else, the, the fact that we're bringing awareness to the importance of developing awareness about the numbers is, is just super, super important. And I, I say it a lot on the podcast because of the issues that, that I face personally that I explained earlier. Um, and I think a lot of photographers are in a similar boat. So again, I, I appreciate you simplifying it and also making make or creating awareness here. But let's jump to the third step in this stage about managing cash flow or looking at cash flow management. And this third step you said is to pay out a weekly allocation. Um, yes. An owner's pay allocation, if you will. What does that actually mean and what does that process look like? Yeah, so this is just you paying yourself, right? And, and one thing I didn't mention earlier, but it would be good to mention now, is if you have an S corporation, like all of this is kind of subject to change because your uh, percentages are going to be a little bit different. But we're talking about stage one here, which is what I use for more beginner business owners or at least people who are beginners to cash flow. So your owner's pay allocation is just the payment to yourself. And what most people do, a lot of your listeners are probably in this boat, is they get client money into their business bank account and then they just transfer money from their business account to their personal account whenever they need it or whenever they want to or maybe they don't even have a business bank account and it's just all going into the personal that's a no no we don't <laughs> want to do that right um 
But this is really, this bullet point is really just developing a system. And I like to do these allocations every Friday because I'm just a big fan of routine. Other people might choose to do it bi-weekly or once a month. And those, um, we could like argue semantics over which of those is better, but it's really what works works best for the individual. Okay. Uh, and, and it could be, I mean, actually be kind of a fun thing. Like every Friday you get to see what your take home pay is and, you know, celebrate hopefully a little bit. Uh, does that capital yeah. app help you do the same thing? Can you set it up to do something like this? You can, um, you can, I don't rec really recommend it. What we do instead is we have uh, capital automatically. Let's say your tax for easy math is 20% and your expenses are 30%. So capital is going to pull 20% for taxes. And then I recommend that you look at your bank balance and the extra 50% would be your owner's pay allocation. And that's what you're going to transfer. And I have my students do this every Friday. I give them a spreadsheet to help them track it. And we call it finance Fridays. So first you wrap up your bookkeeping, you pay any contractors, you send any unpaid invoice reminders to your clients, you send new invoices, and then at the end of all of that, you do uh, these allocations and transfers. And typically, once you get a good system rolling, like all that can be done in 15 minutes if you don't have any client stuff you need to do, usually like 30 or 45 minutes if you do have client stuff. Yeah, but I'm glad you bring this up actually, because I know that one of the things that, this constantly got me in trouble over the years, or, and, and actually not even necessarily got me in trouble, I became, I guess I got more stressed out as a result of putting off dealing with my finances, having a regularly scheduled time to do that. And, and then I would, on top of that, not only was I putting it off, but then I build it up on my mind. And I'm like, I don't like finances and it stresses me out. I got to pay this tax bill and I hate doing that. And, and I just build it up in my mind. And then I go to actually do the thing. And it took me so little time. It was so effortless. Mm -hmm. And again, we have tools like what we're talking about today, Capital or, or QuickBooks or otherwise, that really make this process simple if we are consistent in doing them on a regular basis. So literally, it doesn't have to take any more than 15, 20 minutes, maybe a half hour, even if you have some things that have to be put in, because we've got these really great tools at, at our disposal that we can take advantage of. So not only does it not have to take a lot of time, but if we stay on top of it as a result, it doesn't have to be stressful. And I, I think, again, it's just such yeah. a great reminder. I would imagine it's a lot like editing or anything else in business, like the bigger <laughs> the backlog gets, like yeah. the worse that is for everyone. So yep. just it's best to stay on top of it. Uh, and then it never gets never gets too overwhelming. It's good. Again, I, I know, especially for you, Bray, that's a simple reminder. But I know for for many photographers like myself, um, just the mentality and not being used to being proactive in managing finances. Uh, it's a it's a really good reminder, and uh, we could go so many different directions in that regard. But I know for the for the sake of conversation today, first of all, I I love just the simple practical advice, and it's easy to follow for everybody listening and watching. But if they do want to take that deep dive, we talked about your course earlier. Let's talk about both your your book and your course. Um, talk about your course first of all. How can they learn more about that course? I, I know you didn't ask me to to bring this up, but I, I think it's important because there's so much helpful practical information there. How can they find that and learn more about it? Yeah, so I actually, I have my textbook and beside me, so I like to reference it. This is um, our part one textbook. It covers the first five modules of the program. So module four is what I sent you, very fun. Um, the course is actually available inside a membership. So that's really like the main signature program I offer now. Okay. Um, it used to be a $2,000 program. I've actually just recently done an invitation to a similar group program, but I now have something I call the content only membership. 
where for only $30, I sound like an infomercial, for only $30 a month, um, you can access my entire bank of uh, content, which includes this oh, entire wow. program, all my contract templates. Whoa. It's uh, $100 to sign up for your first month and then $30 a month after that, uh, which is really pretty like next level uh, incredible. But I switched to a, a high volume, a high volume business, which has worked really well for me and worked really, really well for the couple hundred people who've joined the program so far. That's incredible. And and I have to add this caveat because you mentioned you make the mention of, of sounding like a, a sales or an infomercial. I, Braden, I really didn't talk about talking about the course or discussing the course previous to our conversation today. And anytime I have somebody on the show, um, the last thing I want is to turn it into commercials. So gen I, I was genuinely taken by that the, the segment that you sent to me, the module that you sent to me. And I think our listeners should know about it. So I'm, this is really exciting. How can they go about finding where that or like whereabouts is that membership? How, how can they get access to it? Yeah, so if you just go to my website, which is bradendrake.com, um, I have, uh, there we go. So I follow the, um, what is it? The, what's that one book? It'll, oh, Story Brand, like the Story oh, Brand yeah. framework. Yeah. They tell you to have the CTA, like in the hero image in yes. the top right corner. Yeah. So they're right there on my website. Um, you can also find it at bradendrake.com slash PRX for Profit RX. Uh, and it's uh, super easy to sign up and get started. Perfect. Yeah. So that, yeah, literally that, that as Braden was talking about that CTA, the call to action, the button is right there on the corner in the middle. Yeah. By the way, yeah. Side note. I mean, talk about another big value add and whoop, hit the wrong button here. Let me jump back over. There we go. That story brand. Um, and then business made simple actually is a book that, excuse me, marketing made simple is another book that uh -huh. Donald Miller came out with where he breaks down again, very simple, practical information about how to set up a website that is just, it's extremely valuable. And I think a lot of photographers would find a ton of value in listening to that. So I'll just throw that out there. We've mentioned on the podcast before, but we'll link to that book in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. But coming back to your website, um, if for those of you uh, that, that missed it, if you go to Braden Drake, so B-R-A-D-E-N-D-R-A-K-E.com, BradenDrake.com, you can click on Join Profit RX, and uh, you'll you'll see the information about the membership once you click on that button, which is great. And yeah, that's a that's a steal, especially for the little bit that I saw. I mean, it it would be easily worth it just for that module. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a massive value add. Now, talk to us again about the book. And you mentioned a little bit at the very beginning. When will the second edition be coming out, and how can our listeners learn more about it? Yeah, so the book is available for pre-order now. Um, if you go ahead and order a copy of the book, I'm going to email you an ebook version of the first edition if you're just like really eager to get started reading. You could cool. read through that. Um, what the book actually covers in great detail is the book is actually module one from my program. You get like the entire first module, which is the longest module, which teaches you all about how taxes work how to calculate your quarterly taxes, come up with that percentage we talked about. And then I give you the overview of like the next uh, nine modules. And then, you know, we're all marketers, we're all business owners, so we understand how this works. Uh, my book is, you know, there to give you answers, uh, like Donald Miller's book. I took inspiration from that. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's also offering you the next step, which is the membership. So it's a great starting point uh, as well. Okay, perfect. So how can our listeners pre-order that, that second edition? Is it going to be on your website or they just go to Amazon or what's the best way? Yeah, so it's only available through my website. And okay. if you click the little hamburger drop down, uh, there's a button that says book. 
and you can just click on that and either get the there's an ebook for twenty dollars or a hardcover book for thirty dollars cool oh yeah brilliant there you go some clear ctas again all right so for everybody listening in again go to bradendrake.com and uh click on that little drop down and uh, you'll see oh you get access to all the information you need about the book pick up that book Braden. i, I really appreciate it like truly there's this podcast at the end of the day if nothing else i want listeners to feel like it's practical actionable information even if it's a short conversation like the one today they're able to take something away from it and go apply it to their business and, and you brought that and you certainly bring that value with with the course so i hope our listeners take advantage of that thanks for making time for all of us again today thank you <laughs>